on a concrete bench. I'm sitting on the fence. Just an ice cream man and get them banned inside the van. Wanna be a part of it, man. Oh man, what a tune! That's Ice Cream Man, by the way, by Young Blood. Young Blood. Young Blood. Yes, Young Blood. Anyway, um, oh, that's one. You know what? I've been listening to that song on repeat um, this week on Apple Podcast, Apple Music. Honestly, it's such a good song. There's some some other ones as well. Uh, there's an artist that I found on Friday last week called Dirty Heads. Dirty Heads. Um, there's this one. I'm gonna play it for you. I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. Eh, eh, eh. I'm on vacation. I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. Eh, eh, eh. I'm on vacation every single day. Every, every single day. Every single day, every every single day, every single day, every every single day, and then there's this one as well that I really like. Again, by Dirty Heads. It's called Celebrate. To celebrate. Mama gotta go, the curtain's calling All the way from Rome, really sorry Tell my little sister, I said hey One day I'll be home, we can celebrate Yeah, I like that song, I really like that song Um, oh, and then there's this one as well So this week I was listening to uh, Liam Gallagher's As You Were album, which, by the way, can I just add, has turned four years old. It released back in 2017 this week. Um, but yeah, so this album has... Um, so this album is now four years old. But there's um, someone... That, there was an artist that played on Apple Music on my iMac after finishing listening to Liam Gallagher called Reverend and the Makers, and there was a song which played from them called He Said He Loved Me. Um, now, it was from the album The State of Things, which was released back in 2007, right? So, anyway, so I'll, I'll play it for you, right? This is how it sounds. Bit um, up-tempo, up to be honest. He said he loved me. He said he me! Special. Yeah. I love this. Dressed up 
So yeah, so that song was playing on my iMac um, after Liam Gallagher. Anyway, you know what? I'll tell you what. Let me do the intro to the podcast, all right? I will come back and I will talk a little bit more about the uh, this artist called Reverend and the Makers, all right? You guys are listening to Steve's Weekly Podcast. Steve's Weekly Podcast. I absolutely love this song, by the way. It's called Heavyweight Champions of the World by Reverend and the Makers. Yeah, I love that one. There's this one as well. This one's called Sex with the X. Sorry about that. Anyway, that was Netflix. <laughs> anyway, and there's one more, by the way, called this one. 1830. I really hope I don't get another notification on my phone. So yeah, there we go. Um, there we are. That was 1830 uh, by Reverend and the Makers. I haven't listened to any of their other songs, so I don't really know how else they they sound. You know, I yeah, I just don't know. Um, but there we go. Can I just? I'm just gonna have a look at something behind my microphone. I'm just gonna see. 
Okay, does that sound better? Is that something okay? I'm just gonna do one more little change. Maybe that sounds better. Maybe this sounds better. Maybe that sounds better. Does that sound better? Does this sound better? Does this sound better? There we are. I think there we are. There we go. That's better. Um yeah, that's there's a lot less there's a lot less so if I was to basically go down here like that, you can't really can't really hear me that well. Um, yeah, if I turn the gain, hang on, I'm going to turn the gain all the way down, right? So, one sec, let me just turn the gain all the way down, all the way down, like that, right? So, you can still hear me. If I moved over here, can you still, you can, you can still slightly hear me. I mean, I can't, I can't really hear myself. However, if I turned, if I turned the microphone, right, if I turned the microphone all the way up, like that, right? So the microphone's all the way up. If I was to turn over here, right, you can still God, you can still you can still hear me. Actually, let me I tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move. Right? So you can you can still you can still hear me from here, you know. I'm I'm still here. I'm I'm far away from the microphone. Okay? If I was to literally if I was literally just basically go all the way over here, all the way over here as well, all the way over here. You can probably still hear me. You can probably still hear me. I'm actually in the corner of my room right now. Um, <laughs> you probably can still hear me. Um, so there we go. Um, yeah. So <laughs> there we are. Bit of a fun fact for you. Um, anyway, I'm going to turn my I'm going to turn my microphone all the way down. Where's the gain on this? Here it is. Actually, I tell you what. Should I do a test? I'm going to do one more test. Right. I'm gonna turn it all the way down to there, right? I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move again. Right? Gonna move. Gonna move. Gonna move. Gonna move. Gonna move again. Gonna move. Gonna move. Okay, I'm back in the corner of my room again, guys. You know, um hopefully you probably can't even hear me that well. See? I mean literally you can hear me, you can hear me even better. When I, <laughs> when my gain is all the way up, um, to where it was. <laughs> oh dear. Um, also as well, the vo is that the volume? No. Uh, oh no, that's the uh, that's the other button. Don't worry. Um, oh no, I've got the volume here, so I can literally just basically turn the volume all the way down, basically. But yet you can still hear me. Obviously, I can't hear myself though through my headphones. So there we go. Oh god, there we go. Anyway, right. Oh no. My bin! My bin! My beautiful bin. Um right, anyway. So welcome to the podcast, by the way. Welcome to Nerd Porn. Um didn't think I would add that in there, but I did. Um welcome to Nerd Porn. Um where we literally just talk about all sorts of things, really. Um in regards to TV, music and film. There we are. Um, so I've got lots of movie reviews coming up for you, by the way, in uh, this week's uh, weekly podcast, including Birds of Paradise, which I watched earlier this week on Amazon Prime Video, The Green Knight, which again, I watched earlier this week on Amazon Prime Video. I also uh, watched... Um, what was the other one I watched? There's Someone Inside Your House... Uh, I watched that earlier this week on Wednesday. 
Um, so I watched that on Wednesday, and um, yeah, I'm, I'll give you my thoughts on that. That's on Netflix. Um, no Time to Die. Oh, I watched that earlier this week as well on Monday. At the start of this week, I watched No Time to Die, and honestly, I really can't wait to tell you my thoughts on that movie because I'm no James Bond fan, right? I'm no James Bond fan, but, be, you know, I, I am... Like, you know, I, well, okay, so basically, at the, um, at the start of, well, last weekend, I went back and I watched the entire, um, the entire James Bond, uh, Daniel Craig era, should we say. Um, so yeah, I watched that last weekend, uh, so I started off with Casino Royale, then went on to Quantum of Solace, then went on to Skyfall, then Spectre. Because so, obviously, uh, Casino Royale released back in 2006. Quantum of Solace in tw- uh, 2008. Skyfall 2012. And then Spectre 2015. So yeah. So I went back and watched those. And to be honest, out of those movies, I quite enjoyed Casino Royale. And I also enjoyed uh, Skyfall as well. I didn't mind Spectre. Spectre wasn't a bad movie, to be honest. But out of all four of the Daniel Craig movies, I do prefer um, Casino Royale and Skyfall. So, yeah. So, I really did like them. But I'll be giving you my thoughts anyway a little bit later on on uh, No Time to Die. Um, And the other movies that I did watch um, earlier this week as well... um, on Amazon Prime Video was uh, Black as Night and um, Bingo Hell, which were part of Welcome to the Blumhouse movies. And while I'm at it, while I'm talking about Welcome to the Blumhouse, I might as well just mention this. I'm just going to move my tea out of the way. There we go. Um, So, yeah, I'm just going to mention this now, actually. But uh, on Amazon Prime Video right now, you don't just you're you're not just able to watch um, uh, Bingo Hell and uh, Black as Night. But now on Prime Video, you can go and watch all four of the Welcome to the Blumhouse movies because uh, Madlez and uh, The Manor. All, uh, yeah, those two movies have been added today on Amazon Prime Video. Um, as a matter of fact, I can't see... Oh, I've just... Okay, yeah, here they are. So the manor is clocking in an hour and 20 minutes. I'm going to add that to my watch list. Um, and Madlez is... I'm going to add that to my watch list. Uh, Again, about an hour and 23 minutes. I mean, to be honest, this is the thing. Is these Welcome to the Blumhouse movies are very short. You know, they are very short, but... I still like them. Um, yeah, I still like them. Uh, the other thing is as well, uh, which is important to know, is that Joker... Oh, did I have that on my watch list already? Uh, Joker is now available to watch on uh, Amazon Prime Video as part of your Prime subscription. Uh, so if you've got Prime, then yeah, you can go and watch uh, Joker, um, which has got um, Joaquin Phoenix in it. Um, so there we go. Yeah, I'm, um, so there we go. So there's loads of movies for me to, to talk about in today's, uh, Steve's weekly podcast. Um, you know, and next week's weekly podcast, I am going to give you my thoughts on, 
um, uh, what was it on <laughs> on Majlis and uh, on the Manor as well. So I'll give you my thoughts on that. Um, you know what? To be honest, I have been looking. I've, I'm still proactively looking on the um, Odeon website to see um if they have got it but they don't at the moment which is annoying i'm waiting so patiently for um for the tickets to come out i, I can buy i can purchase tickets to go and see venom let there be carnage which i'm really wanting to go and see next week in the cinemas um so i yeah so obviously the earliest showing on friday is at 20 past one um, now, I'm still patiently waiting for the tickets to come on sale for Halloween Kills. And I'm also patiently waiting for tickets to go on sale for Ron's Gone Wrong. I'm still undecided as to whether or not I still want to go and see The Last Duel next Friday. And to be honest with you, I don't think I'm going to have time. Because Venom Let There Be Carnage is an hour and 37 minutes. Halloween Kills is an hour and 45 minutes and Ron's Gone Wrong is one hour and 47 minutes. And then if I wanted to go and see The Last Duel next Friday, that's two hours and 33 minutes. So, you know, I, I just don't know. I don't know. You know, I want to go see all four movies next Friday, but I, I really can't see me doing it. Um, maybe I could go and see Ron's Gone Wrong, Venom Let There Be Carnage. I'm going to actually have a cinema day next Friday. Um, yo, I, I really am. I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a cinema day next Friday. Um, and just go from there really. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward. I'm actually really, really looking forward to seeing Halloween Kills. I'm looking forward to seeing it because I'm just seeing so much promotion on that movie. Like, literally, the Halloween um, Instagram page every single day is just bringing out new teasers for the movie. And it's just getting so hyped up now. Um, so, yeah, I really can't wait to see that movie. Um, and, obviously, not in next week's weekly podcast, but the week after, I will give you my thoughts on that. Uh, the other stuff that I've got coming up in this week's weekly podcast is I'm going to give you my thoughts on Turner and Hooch. Uh, because that series has now come to an end on Disney+. Plus. Um, and I'll also give you my thoughts on the Marvel Studios series What If as well. Series 1. All episodes are available to stream right now on Disney+. Plus. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm looking forward So I'm looking forward to giving you my thoughts on that as well. Uh, also, as well, coming up, I am going to talk about the Sky TV event that uh, took place yesterday the 7th of October 2021 um a, a couple of things were announced at that event um and I'm going to talk you through all of that as well um and then there's one more thing that I was going to talk about as well I'm going to talk about Xbox Cloud Gaming as well because now it's running better than ever thanks to the, a new upgrade so I'm going to talk to you about that very very soon and my future plans with Xbox Cloud Gaming, because I'm still yet to do Xbox Cloud Gaming on my Samsung phone, you know. So I'll talk to you about that a little bit later on in the weekly podcast. There is something that I do want to talk about, actually, um, in regards to Disney+. Plus. Um, this was literally within a matter... This was literally, like, this was 
you know expected to happen um but it has been officially announced that the night house is going to be coming to Disney Plus in the UK and Ireland the same day as it comes to Spain's Disney Plus uh, on Wednesday the 27th of October. Uh, So that's going to be dropping in time for Halloween. Really excited by the news that the Night House is coming to Disney Plus. Um, You know, I mean, it's nice because I feel like they're going to do this now with all the big releases. You know, so for example, you know, we're getting Ron's Gone Wrong and we're getting The Last Duel uh, next, which are like the 20th century studio movies or the Searchlight Picture movies. Yeah, I feel like at the end of November, we're going to get one of those movies, maybe even both of them at the same time, you know, because they are being released on the same day. So we could, at the end of November, be seeing those two movies drop on Disney+. Plus, um, But it all depends if that is within the 45-day window or not. I mean, either way, I can see Ron's Gone Wrong, Antlers and um, The Last Jewel. All three of those movies will be on Disney+, Plus by the end of the year. I can see it anyway. Um, so, yeah. So it is good that The Night House is coming to Disney+. Plus. You know, last month we got Free Guy, which was a major release on Disney+. Plus. The Night House is going to be no different. Obviously, it's only just come out of cinemas. It's going to be dropping on Disney+, Plus at the end of the month, in time for Halloween. I feel like this is just going to be the pattern. You know, it's just like every month, at the end of every month, we're just going to see a big major release from 20th Century Studios. Um, for example, Free Guy, Night House, Last Duel, Ron's Gone Wrong, whatever. Um, it could work like that. Um, but, I mean, to be honest, I think at some point they would have to release two big releases in one month. Because when you think about it, right, so this month we're getting Antlers, Ron's Gone Wrong, Last Duel. All three of those movies are done by Searchlight Pictures or 20th Century Studios, right? In December, we're going to be getting The King's Man and West Side Story, which, again, are done by 20th Century Studios, you know. So if those movies are releasing in the same month, you know, and Disney are just going along the lines of, let's just put one out every month. In the end, they're just going to have, like, these this back catalogue of major big releases um so yeah i mean to be honest i'm excited for it i really am excited for it and i can't wait to see it um i am gonna go and see ron's gone wrong and um and potentially the last duel in cinemas i definitely want to see antlers now i know that movie's coming out on the 29th of october um and i believe it's going to be coming out in the uk as well on the 29th um, of October, so I definitely do want to see that movie um, because it's a horror. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And you know what? I am going to give the Night House another watch uh, when it arrives on Disney Plus on Wednesday, the 27th of October, um, because it is a really good movie. It does. I have said this before. It does remind me of uh, the Invisible Man. It really does. It's got the Invisible Man vibes to that movie 
So, and I was so happy yesterday when they announced that the Night House was coming to Disney Plus. I was like, yes, really, really, really am excited by that. So, yeah, really look forward to seeing the Night House come uh, to Disney Plus here in the UK, uh, UK on the 27th of October. Um, right, I am going to talk about Sky TV because they did an event yesterday. Um here in the UK uh, on the 7th of October 2021 where they announced a brand new device. Uh, now this is the first time that they've announced a new device since SkyQ uh, which launched a few years ago and SkyQ for those that don't know is a set-top box um, you know which requires a satellite dish you know um, and I think it is kind of built for 4K TVs as well um, and stuff like that. But Sky Glass is an absolute game changer of a device. Honestly, it really is. You know, one day, you know what? One day when I do, you know, one day if I live independently, I could go with Sky, you know, and just literally just buy this, just like get this TV for a, for a certain price a month. You know, like I'd have a TV in my room. And then I'd have a TV in my living room. You know, Sky Glass might be the way forward for me. But it all depends. You know what? To be honest, this is the thing. So Sky have announced a brand new TV set, right? They've announced a brand new smart TV. Now, the thing is, is Virgin Media and BT, they're going to now, they're basically going to be competitive here, you know. And they're probably going to do the same thing as Sky, you know, because at the end of the day, people are going to look at this now and go, oh, you know, Sky have got this streaming TV, you know, device, you know, which does away with, with the set-top box. You don't even need a satellite dish for it. You know, that's it. I'm moving away from Virgin Media or I'm moving away from BT and I'm going to go with Sky. You know, Virgin Media, honestly, I kid you not, it, it's only going to take a matter of months if not weeks, for Virgin Media or BT or whatever, big TV um, company like them here in the UK, you know, they're just going to be there going, right, that's it. Okay, um, I, I didn't want that. Um, <laughs> Apple Watch just gave me some sort of Sky TV things, which I did not need. Um, but no, in all seriousness, though, you know, I mean... It's only going to be a matter of weeks before Virgin Media and BT are going to be along the lines of the same along the lines with Sky, where they just go, right, you know, here we go. This is a streaming TV. This is the sizes. This is the colors. You don't, and this is going to be the same as Sky. You don't need a satellite dish. You don't need a set top box. You know, it is Virgin Media inside a TV. It is BT inside a TV. You know, it's only going to be a matter of uh, of weeks or months. But anyway, so Sky have announced a new 4K ultra high definition smart TV set to replace satellite dishes and boxes. Now, the thing is, right, is it is Sky. It's Sky TV within a TV, right? I mean, that sounds a bit weird, you know. But, I mean, this isn't the first time that we've got this. Obviously, you know, you've got Freeview, for example. You know, you can get Freeview within your TV, right? So, this theory is nothing new other than the fact that, you know, they're giving you a lot of channels, a lot of TV channels. They are giving you a lot of TV channels, more than what Freeview are probably offering you, you know, 
and it is within their um it is within their tv subscription um i mean yeah so all you really need uh to be honest because this is a streaming tv uh thing you know they're obviously going to offer you now tv because that is part of sky uh now tv so you know you'll have access to now tv you'll have access to Netflix, Disney, Amazon Prime, ITV Hub, All4, Spotify Music, and BBC iPlayer as well. So all you really need is you just need a Wi-Fi, an established Wi-Fi connection to connect this TV up to the Wi-Fi, and boom, away you go. You can watch whatever you want. And obviously you don't have a set-top box, you don't have you don't need subwoofers, you don't need sound bars. You don't need any of those, neither, with this TV. So I'm just going to read you what Sky News had put um, on their um, on their article that they did yesterday. Um, I mean, to be honest, you know what? I really do like, this is what I like about it, is the fact you can get this TV in blue. And you know what? It kind of has that blue shade that's like on the back of my iMac. I quite like it. It looks pretty decent. But anyway, you know, I mean, the only issue is, the only issue I've got is, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's basically like the iMac, um, the 24-inch the iMac where, you know, so I'm looking at, okay, I'm looking at my TV right now in my room, which is next to my iMac, right? And um, so my TV is pretty much an all display like it's a basically an all screen display right and all it's got is like literally like a little chin i call it a chin a little tiny chin on the bottom of the the device right and there is literally a little tiny logo that says samsung right because obviously that's the make of my tv i'm looking at images right now of sky's tv sets now they have got an awfully massive chin on the bottom of their tv you know and it's kind of and it also looks really really thick in size as well i mean i look at my tv my tv is quite it looks a little bit thinner my tv than the sky tv that they're offering i mean i, I just don't know to be honest i mean if there is an, if there is any YouTube videos when this product launches in a couple of weeks, yeah, you know, if there is any, yeah, you know, because these are just like, what are they like promotional images, you know? So these are like rendered images, and sometimes you don't always get a really good look at the device when it's on a rendered image like this one is. So you know. I might see if in a couple of weeks' time, if there's any YouTube videos out there of people unboxing this or, or whatever. If there are, I might have a look at it, like, from a person's point of view, from a YouTube video's point of view, um, and see what it's like. But, um, anyway, I'm going to talk about this anyway. Um, so, Sky is launching a new smart TV called Sky Glass which aims to declutter homes by binning set-top boxes and satellite dishes while giving customers 
access to their favourite films and shows, the streaming TV integrates all of the hardware and software otherwise spread out across living rooms, including soundbars, into a device with just a single wire and one plug. It comes as the company moves to solve what it sees, what it sees as a consumer frustration with content as well as hardware being spread out across numerous gadgets and digital platforms. Available in five colours and three sizes, 43-inch, 55-inch and 65-inch, Skyglass is the first major product launch from the company since it was acquired by Comcast for 29 0.7 billion pounds in 2018. It has a 4K ultra high definition quantum dot display using nano crystals that offer an upgrade on the range of colors over a billion shades according to Sky and brightness available on the screen. In keeping with the move to declutter Sky Glass also does away with the need for a nest of electronics cables for their audio with six integrated speakers and a subwoofer. The launch comes as companies like Sky figure out how to manage the competition from streaming services such as Netflix and Disney. To this end the company expects to invest in more Sky originals such as Gangs of London and is building a new 32-acre TV and film studio at Elstree in Hertfordshire. But it's also making it easier for people who want the content available on competitors' platforms to access that programming th uh, through its own devices. This began with Sky Q, a box that aggregated terrestrial and subscription broadcast content alongside digital streaming services. That same capability is now inside Sky Glass, allowing consumers to access content from Sky, BBC iPlayer, um, Amazon, uh, Amazon, Netflix, Disney+, ITV Hub, all four, Spotify, Peloton and others using a single remote or its voice-activated interface. Speaking at an event to mark the launch of the device, Group Chief Executive Dana Strong said Skyglass is the streaming TV with Sky inside, providing the total integration of hardware, software and content. Built on over 30 years of understanding what our customers want, that is a, uh, this is a TV that only Sky could make. We believe this is the smartest TV available and that customers will love it. Um, the company also plans to launch a 4K smart camera next year that will pair with Skyglass and allow people to watch films together, play games, work out and join in calls. Sky is committed to being Europe's first net zero carbon entertainment company by 2030 and Skyglass is the world's first TV to be certified as carbon neutral. It also has energy saving features including auto switch off and has completely recyclable packaging according to the company. Consumers will be able to either buy it in one go or to spread the cost with interest free monthly payments in the same way they do when purchasing a mobile phone. Skyglass will be available from £13 per month for the 43 inch screen but consumers will also need a Sky TV subscription taking the cost to £39 per month. The 55 inch screen is available for £17 a month and the 65 inch screen for £21 a month on top of the Sky TV subscription and all three will begin retailing from the 18th of October. The full price is £649 for the 43-inch display, £849 for the 55-inch display and £1,049 for the 65-inch display. The company says that all
All of the Sky Glass models come with a full two-year warranty and a free delivery service that includes unboxing and packaging removal. It was separately announced that Australian pay TV firm Foxtel would be the new system's first syndication partner. Asked whether this was an attempt by Sky to muscle in on the TV manufacturing market, Brian Roberts, Comcast chief executive and chairman, told Sky News' Ian King Live, we're going to be able to license our technology all over the world. We are pleased to have Foxtel joining on uh, this launch date. It's a journey we're on, but it's more than just the actual physical television. In fact, that's what's so great about the product is the physical television is maybe the smartest in the world, but it's what's behind it that makes that claim so true and that we can do with others over time as well. Uh, so there we go. So that is all the information that you need to know in regards to Sky Glass. Now, as I did mention, uh, Sky Glass is going to be coming with a Sky Glass camera. Uh, and that's going to be launching next year. Now, Sky TV have actually partnered with Microsoft to basically resurrect the Xbox Connect. You know, it is basically a connect without calling it a connect. Okay? And it even actually even does look like a connect. I'm not gonna lie. It does even look like a connect, to be honest. So the Connect is getting a form of reincarnation with the new Sky Glass camera, a device that detects motion controls to work on the new series of Sky TVs in the UK. Does all of this sound familiar? That's because it looks and sounds eerily close to the Xbox Connect. In fact, Sky is even partnering with Microsoft to bring some social functions to the device, thanks to The Verge. Uh, users will be able to have a good old social time as you can sync your Skyglass TV to watch media with others and chat along. Just to be clear, this camera isn't the Connect itself but rather something that embodies some of its features, according to Sky's Chief Product Officer, Frester Sterling. The partnership with Microsoft has created a fantastic feature. He says, working with uh, Microsoft, we're also building a fantastic feature that lets us watch TV together, even if we're miles apart. It syncs your TV with other households, with integrated video and, video and chat on screen, and you can choose content from the biggest channels, including Premier League matches, movies, and all your favourite entertainment. All of this is something the Kinect originally tried to achieve, with Microsoft even going as far as to bundle the camera with every single launch Xbox One. Unfortunately, despite its best efforts, the Kinect never truly took off, despite some pretty incredible tech behind it. There are even a few games you'll be able to play with the Skyglass camera, such as the Icon. Fruit Ninja. Sterling claims family games are never going to be the same again. Uh, the Xbox Connect has even been spotted being used in grocery warehouses where it's made to assist AI controlled robots in packing people shopping. It's nice to see the technology still being used in practice even if it never took the gaming world by storm. So there we go. So yeah, so even Sky are partnering with um, with Microsoft to do the Sky Glass camera, 
Um, so, as I say, Skyglass uh, camera is going to be launching next year. Uh, Skyglass TV uh, is going to be launching on the 18th of October. So you don't have long to wait before you can get your hands on this TV. Um, you know, I mean, to be honest, I'm happy with my TV for the time being, you know, but yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's just one of those things of, yeah, if I live independently on my own, you know, would I get, would I get Sky TV? I don't really know. It all does depend as well. Like, you know, I mean, I guess you could really still go with Sky TV without getting the Sky broadband. You know, you can go with another broadband provider i guess yeah but it all does depend what offers they're doing as well with broadband and stuff so yeah it really does depend but you know it'd be nice for me to have another tv in a living room in my own living room you know um with sky tv in it there we are um so yeah and to be honest the thing is is you know when you think about it it's only a matter of time before the Sky themselves, they do away with Sky. Like in the past, they've done away with Sky Plus. They've done away with Sky Plus HD. You know, they're, they're currently focusing on Sky Q at the moment. But after a little while, when, there's, when these brand new TVs launch, you know, they're going to do away with Sky Q. Because the thing is, is like they say, they want to declutter people's homes with all these gadgets you know so the fact is that you know they're going to be advertising sky glass a lot and people are going to be very very interested in it because they're going to be like oh okay well this is this is a tv with sky in it you know so yeah so it all does depend really and the thing is it's eventually yeah even if i was in the future to go with sky as a as a service provider you know for tv or for for broadband or whatever yeah the thing is is eventually they're going to do away with the with the set top boxes um you know they are going to do away with it um and they will just literally be like here's sky glass you know and this is what you get with sky glass you know you get built in wi-fi you get built in sky yeah and stuff like that so and you don't need a satellite dish and all of this you know so yeah so it is very interesting to see that you know that this is the path that sky are taking this is literally the future of tvs it really is uh the future of tvs um you know where you're not gonna you're literally just gonna need one wire coming out the back of your tv and one plug socket to go into a plug mains you know, that's literally going to be it eventually. Um, so, yeah, so I'm really, really excited that this is the way forward for Sky, you know, and I do think that other providers are going to go down that route. You know, Virgin Media at some point, they're going to have their um, they're going to have their TV, um, their TV subscription, should I say, they're going to have their TV subscription within a tv like sky have done and it'll be the same with bt you know when one company does it all the others follow eventually so you know and even if that's in about a year's time you know they're all gonna follow of course they are um so there we go right i'm gonna talk about xbox cloud gaming uh now um because uh microsoft's x cloud is now powered by custom Xbox Series X hardware. Um, so basically, Xbox Cloud 
uh, gaming service xCloud is now fully powered by custom Xbox Series X hardware, which has led to faster load times and a boost in performance. In a statement shared to The Verge, Microsoft said that it recently completed the upgrade which improves both frame rates and game load times for players streaming Xbox games over the web. The online streaming service allows players to stream over a hundred Xbox games uh, on a number of devices such as laptops, phones, tablets, or, or tablets, rather than installing them on the device, all players need is an active Xbox Game Pass Ultimate membership, a compatible device and controller, and high-speed internet. Uh, senior editor at The Verge, Tom Warren, previously reported on some games in the xCloud library, receiving this upgrade after they noticed that games such as Yakuza Like a Dragon, Dirt 5, and Rainbow Six Siege had improved performance-wise, and now featured options that are only available on the Xbox Series X hardware. It appears Microsoft has now rolled this out across the entire xCloud library. If you'd prefer to play your Xbox games on a handheld console rather than a tablet, here's some great news. xCloud will reportedly work on Valve's upcoming handheld console, the Steam Deck. This news comes courtesy of Xbox boss Phil Spencer himself, who earlier this year tweeted that xCloud works well on the powerful PC-based handheld. So there we go. Um, so... That's some really good news. Now, I have actually uh, talked about this on Twitter earlier this week, actually. Um, and I did say that this is some really good news to hear. I still need to set up the Xbox app on my phone, which I will do over the next few days because I would love to play some Xbox games on my mobile phone. Which is true. It really is. I mean, you know, my mobile phone is a Samsung Galaxy A52. You know, and I do have that that capability of actually playing Xbox games on my smartphone uh, because it is an Android device. You know, all I need to do really is I just need to get on my Xbox and set up my Xbox properly, which I might even do over the next couple of days so that, you know, I do have the ability to just prop my phone up against something, just grab my controller, my Xbox controller, and just play xbox games from my phone um you know i i i would probably say that my internet speeds are relatively good you know i mean i do get things a, a lot quicker you know like you know when i'm loading tweets on twitter or when i'm loading updates on instagram or whatever so yeah so you know i'm probably gonna i'm gonna give it a go maybe over the weekend or something i'm gonna sort my xbox out and and do that so the other thing is as well is i still need to get a hard drive for my xbox because my other hard drive has died on me um which i'm quite sad about because you know and i think it will mean that i might have to re-download all the games from game pass on it um but i do actually want to do a stream as well at some point on twitch where i'm gonna stream marvel's avengers um i want to play that at some point so yeah i might have a look and see you know what um what amazon are doing in terms of um in terms of um hard drives for the xbox and stuff um because well yeah i i i just would I just need a hard drive, really. Um, yeah, you know, I mean they do they do a four terabyte one for ninety two ninety nine. 
it's quite expensive to be honest. They do a 320 gig one for 26.59. They do the one that I did have. Well, that I that's literally just died on me, uh, which is a two terabyte one for 62.99. Um, but the other thing is actually, if I went into I don't know Curry's, I'm gonna have a look on Curry's. Which, by the way, can I just say, Curry's is now just called Curry's. It's no longer called Curry's PC World. Um, I'd spell Xbox wrong. Xbox hard drive. Um, but yeah, it's no longer called... Um, allow. Um, yeah, it's no longer called um, Curry's PC World. It's now just called Curry's. But um, that's very interesting. So that 4 terabyte hard drive on... Um, on um, Amazon. How much was that one? That was... Ninety two ninety nine on Curry's it's a hundred and six pounds ninety nine. They do it again. They do the portable hard drive two terabytes seventy three ninety nine. So, whoa, okay, that's what. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, they do. They 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 do. Um, <laughs> they, why did why? <laughs> Why did my Apple Watch just come up with Jesus? <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> oh my god. Um so this <laughs> So they've got an 8 terabyte. That's a monstrous device. They have an 8 terabyte hard drive for Xbox, right? And it's 170 pounds 99. I just think to myself, "Oh, Jesus." Eight terabytes. That's an awful lot. You know, it really is an awful lot. I mean, the amount of stuff I could get on eight terabytes, you know, is, oh, it's, that's a lot. Really is. I mean, they do a four terabyte hard drive in green um, for Xbox One. They do that for $88.99, which, to be honest, isn't bad. Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's double the price. But if I went onto Amazon um, and had a look at that, maybe it'd just go into it and it might come up with a four terabyte. It doesn't. It actually doesn't. It only comes up with two terabytes, which is interesting. But, you know, to be honest, is there like any vouchers? Is there no vouchers? No? No vouchers to go with it? No? Okay. Um, but, yeah, so... I'm I'm actually curious. They do an eight terabyte. Um, I don't think they do, to be honest. But eight terabytes for an Xbox One. I mean, to be honest, that is quite. That's an awful lot. Not gonna lie. Um, no, they don't. But I mean, yeah. I think to be honest, two terabytes is quite a lot of storage. Um, yeah, I don't think for one minute that I would just turn around and go, yeah, let me get the, um, yeah. Actually, they do actually have the 8 terabytes hard drive. How much is it? 169.99 on Amazon. Yo. So, I mean, you get two, you get dual USB ports and you get it in white. But, yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, literally, I'm reading it here. So, capacity of 8 terabyte storage for 200 plus Xbox One games at an average game size of 35 gig to 50 gig. Can I say that apparently Avengers is um, 
120 gig in game download. So, yeah. I mean, to be honest, you know, I am looking at um, getting another hard drive for my Xbox. I do need a hard drive for my iMac as well. Because I'm currently using the onboard storage for my iMac to save videos and stuff like that that I do. Um... But, yeah, and I do need a hard drive for that as well. Um, yeah, so I am thinking of maybe getting a 2 terabyte hard drive for my iMac. If I just search iMac, um, you yeah, know, it is, I mean, it comes up with, I mean, I don't want these. I mean, they've got a limited time deal of 60 quid for, but, you know, um, yeah, but, I mean, to be honest... To be honest, I think I would preferably go with Seagate because the one that I've had, uh, the one that I've just had, um, is, you know, it is pretty good, to be honest. I mean, they do a 5 terabyte, which is 105.99. They do a 4 terabyte, which is 81.99. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, to be honest, 4 terabytes is quite good. Um, but I'm do I do wonder actually if I could sneakily, and I say this very sneakily. There's no questions. Oh, okay. Because I was just gonna see if maybe very sneakily. Oh, hang on, no. Is this hard? Oh, there is questions. Um, three terabyte version still going strong after two years and used daily. No bad blocks or errors. Okay, well that's pretty decent to be honest. Um, yeah. Um, does it come with a lead? Uh, can this... I mean, someone used it on their PS4, um, to be honest. Um, I mean, yeah. Will this be compatible with my Xbox One? Yes, as long as it's a 3.0 USB, it'll be okay. Once it's formatted, it will only work on the Xbox One unless formatted again for a PC. Um, so yeah, so it has been used on... And Xbox One. So I could sneakily get a 4 terabyte Seagate hard drive. And just format it for my Xbox when I get it. Um, and obviously then I can get another one for my iMac. And use that one for my iMac. But I mean to be honest the hard drive that I had. You know before it died on me. It lasted a very long time. You know I mean it did last a very long time. So, yeah, it's just one of those things, really. It is one of those things, but um, I am looking at getting back into gaming and stuff again, you know, uh, using my Nintendo Switch a little bit more and using my Xbox a little bit more as well. So I'll keep you guys posted on that anyway, um, nearer to the time. But, um, yeah, it is it is pretty good anyway. I'm going to come out of Amazon. I'm going to come out of Curry's uh, for now. Uh, right, anyway, so I think... I think apart from that, uh, there is a, she has another thing I want to talk about. Catherine Hayne has signed a deal with Marvel Studios to return as Agatha in various movies and Disney Plus shows, including her own series. She's getting her own spin-off series from WandaVision, which is good. Yeah, I absolutely loved Agatha in WandaVision. You know, I love that song as well. It was Agatha all along. Yeah, 
It was Agatha all along. Um, so, yeah. She is insidious. Um, yeah, I, I love it. I really do. I love that song, Agatha all along. Um, but yeah, so it's good. I'm glad that, you know, that Catherine Hayne is going to be continuing to play the role of Agatha um, in the Marvel stuff. Really, really glad about that. Um, yeah, and it'll be very interesting to see where she props up in in terms of movies as well, in terms of the Marvel movies. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. So, so yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. Anyway, by the way, can I just say that Jason Blum, my all-time favourite horror director, tweeted this yesterday. Hi, everyone. Soon you'll be able to see the new Halloween movie and life will feel better. Oh, it will. It will feel freaking better when I can finally go and see Halloween Kills and just see Michael Myers just slashing people to death, you know? Honestly, this movie is just going to be ace, you know? Honestly, I, I've, been, I've been mentioning this movie since 2019, you know? And frustratingly, this movie got pushed back last year because of COVID, right? So I'm so glad that next Friday, I'm going to finally be able to go to the cinema, sit down and watch Michael Myers just wreck complete havoc for an hour and 45 minutes. You know, it, it's just going to be good. It really is going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, um, and actually, as a matter of fact, starting from um tomorrow night so saturday the 9th of october all the way up to thursday next week every night um this week i'm gonna go back and watch the halloween movies so halloween from the, the 1978 one and then halloween 2 from 1981 i will just watch halloween 3 even though it's just got nothing to do with michael myers or any other character but I'll still watch it anyway. Um, and then I'll watch Halloween 4, Halloween 5. And then after the Halloween 5, I'm then going to watch the 2018 Halloween movie. And then after that, hopefully on Friday next week, I will go and see Halloween Kills. I just hope and pray that they do an early evening showing and it's not at like 9 o'clock. Yeah, honestly, I will die if it, <laughs> if it's like if if my local cinema next week goes Halloween Kills nine o'clock and that's the only showing. I, I, honestly, I'm gonna just, like be heartbroken. I'll be like, no, come on, release this movie at like half past six or seven o'clock. You know, let me go see this goddamn movie. You know, otherwise I'm gonna have to wait until maybe. I don't... Well, actually, I could wait... To, oh, no, I can't wait till Sunday night. Uh, yeah, I'll have to wait until one night when I'm free, you know, when I don't have work the next day, because otherwise I'm going to be super tired. So, <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to wait until then to go and see this movie. I feel like... Why are you making me wait longer to see this movie? So, you know, so hopefully... Not next week's podcast, but the week after. I should have a review for that... Um, out on my weekly podcast along with Ron's Gone Wrong and Venom Let There Be Carnage as well um, so yeah I'm really looking forward to seeing those movies next week uh, right anyway talking of movies by the way I've watched so many movies this week it's just been it's just been pouring out of my brain the, all these movies coming out 
Um, so I'm going to start with the Green Knight, okay? Because I watched the Green Knight um, earlier this week. And what I must say is it's very, very trippy, you know? And can I also just say as well what I loved about it was the fact that, you know, I loved the score. I loved the music in that movie, you know? I loved the setting of it being in medieval times, I guess you could say. You know, but also as well, I love the fact that, you know, it was a very, it was a very trippy movie, you know. But then again, though, this is the thing. This movie was done by A2, I think it's either A2A or A24, whatever it's called, uh, the, the company production. And the thing is with that movie production company is they like to make trippy ass movies. They really do, you know. Um... There was times when I watched this movie where, you know... And this is the problem with the, with this production company. I swear they must get high while making these movies. Because they're just so trippy. They really are trippy. And The Green Knight is no different. You know, so it is an Amazon original movie. Uh, it is available to watch right now on Amazon Prime Video. Um, and I would recommend this. Yeah, because it was a good movie. It is quite long, admittedly. It's about two hours and nine minutes, so it is quite a long movie. But, you know, when the story really gets going, I like the cinematography in it as well. Like, some of the shots that they did in that movie were pretty good as well. And some of the sets, I really did like that as well. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a really, really good movie. Um, and I would probably definitely give it another watch again at some point um so yeah so there we go that's that's my thoughts anyway on the green knight um you know i'm just going to try and keep some of these movie reviews a little bit short and sweet because you know time consistency and stuff like that so yeah but i just thought i'd mention here that you know i really really enjoyed watching uh the green knight and it is available to watch right now on prime video the next movie I watched, which I actually watched straight after The Green Knight, was Birds of Paradise. Now, can I just say that this is half English, half French, right? Obviously, they've got subtitles on screen um, when they are speaking in French. Um, but I, again, really did like this movie. There was, once again, uh, some parts of this movie where it, it felt very, very trippy. You know, so I feel like I went from taking one drug from one movie to taking another drug from another movie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, you know, um, but at the same time, I did enjoy it. You know, I thought it was really good. I mean, admittedly, you know, this is quite a, I guess you could say quite a girly movie, uh, you know, because it's mainly focusing on ballet and stuff like that. But, you know, I mean, it's got one... Okay, so it's got an actress in it uh, uh, called Cood, uh, called uh, Diana Silvers, right? Now, I know this actress from the movie Ma, which came out back in 2019. And I'll tell you what, she did a phenomenal role in that. She played one of the teenagers. I can't remember the name of the teenager she played now. Actually, I'm going to... Uh, it's going to annoy me, so I'm going to have to search it up now. Uh, Ma cast... Um, I mean, that was quite, yeah. Oh, she played Maggie. That's it. She played Maggie, um, in that movie. In this one, she played a character called Kate, 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, she was, again, really, really good in it. Um, and I really did enjoy the movie, to be honest. Um, you know, but again, it felt like another trippy, acid movie, to be honest, in some ways. But do I recommend this movie? I do. Um, yeah, I do recommend this movie. Um, and, yeah, I mean, especially for people that are into their ballet, I guess. But, um, yeah, if you are looking for another movie to watch that is different um, compared to, you know, movies that you may have seen recently, then, yeah, definitely this movie is going to be uh, for you. So, yeah, so there we go. So that's my thoughts, anyway, on um, Birds of Paradise. Um, so there we go. So the next movie that I wanted to talk about, um, I'm going to do it in order, actually. So the, those were the movies that I went and watched on Amazon Prime last weekend. The next movie that I saw was at the cinemas. You probably know what I'm going to talk about right now. James Bond, No Time to Die, right? Now, I'm going to admit this here, right? If you have not yet seen this movie, it's been out for a week now, right? Uh, but if you have not yet seen this movie, I am going to dip into spoilers a little bit here, okay? So if you don't want to know what really happens more specifically at the end of the film, then you may want to go away for five minutes or skip the next five minutes of this podcast. But No Time to Die, can I just say, was, I mean, this was Daniel Craig's final outing as James Bond, you know, um, and on top of that, it was a phenomenal performance from Daniel Craig, you know, um, and it definitely did feel like his final movie, it, in some ways, it definitely did feel like it, and before going to the cinema to see this movie, I did ask a couple of people, you know, how they thought of the movie, and again, they, you know, they've just mirrored the words that I've just said, you know, that Daniel Craig was absolutely phenomenal in it, and, you know, it was a fantastic movie. There was one person who went and saw it um, on Friday last week, and I, when I saw them in work um, last weekend, you know, I did speak to them and said, oh, I'm going to go and see No Time to Die next week, and she actually told me that she went and saw it on Friday night, uh, last week and and she said it felt quite long all the other people that I've spoken to to be honest they've said it felt quite it didn't feel like it was near on three hours and to be honest they're not wrong it didn't feel like near on three hours the movie itself clocked in at two hours and 43 minutes but you know I mean there is I'd probably say there's probably a good 15 to 18 minutes pre-title sequence before the before the titles comes in so i think that kind of helps is the fact that you know within 18 minutes of the movie the titles come up and then obviously it goes straight into the movie um you know um so yeah i mean again that kind of helps with it um i loved uh rami malik uh, as the villain in this you know i thought he played the villain really really well in it um and then the ending can i just say the ending i mean james bond he gets poisoned you know he has blood dripping out of him like literally just pouring out of him you know and he's on this remote island and all of a sudden these missiles 
go off because he, you know, he basically says to Agent M, you know, to launch some missiles. He was running to basically get off the island, but then he was interrupted when he saw uh, Rami Malik's villain. Um, Yo, and you know what? For some weird reason, I really cannot remember his name. So, you know what? I'm just going to... Because I don't want to just say Rami Malek's villain, you know. Um, but, um, no time to die. There we go. Uh, no, I didn't want the... Oh, okay, well, I guess I could have the cast. Uh, here we go. Um, he played uh, Yudsifer Safin. Oh, there we go. I'll call him Safin. All right. Um, but yeah, so obviously James Bond got interrupted by Safin. And then they both had a final showdown on this remote island that James Bond was on. Obviously, um, uh, Madeline Swan um, was able to get off the... Um, um, the the island. That's the words I'll look for. So Madeline Swan, which was a which was James Bond's love interest, um, managed to get off the island. Uh, James Bond had one final showdown with Safin, played by Rami Malek, um, and then after that, he, um, you know, in the midst of that, all all these missiles were launched into the air, and basically James Bond got poisoned by Safin. You know, he had blood pouring out of him um, and he basically climbed to the top of the um, the remote island and he looks over and he saw his love interest, Madeline Swan, and it's actually revealed that her daughter, um, her daughter is, um, is James Bond's child. So, you know, we got two plot twists in this movie. The first being the fact that we now know James Bond has a child. Yeah, that's the first plot twist. The second plot twist came up here, where basically those missiles were basically... They crashed into the remote island with James Bond on it, which meant, basically, that James Bond actually dies in this movie. He actually dies in this movie. Um, you know, so I was shocked. I was actually shocked. Yeah, I came out the cinema open-mouthed. And the last time I came out the cinema open-mouthed the way I did, um, on Monday this week was when I saw Avengers, en uh, Avengers Infinity War when Thanos had all the Infinity Stones for his Infinity Gauntlet and basically snapped half the universe, you know, and half of the Avengers basically evaporated into nothing. Yeah, that was the last time I left the cinema open-mouthed. But after this No Time to Die movie, I was shocked. I was actually shocked. Now, I know that this isn't the end for James Bond. Yeah, there are going to be more movies, but the way how they're going to do it, there's only one possible way of them doing it like this. They're just going to do a hard reboot of James Bond. That's that's basically what they're going to do. You know. Because the thing is. Is there are many more stories to tell. From James Bond. There is. You know. But the way, the only way forward that they can actually do that. Is just by doing a hard reboot. Of James Bond. Um, which I feel like is what they're going to do. With the next James Bond. Whoever that may be. You know. Annoyingly, in this movie, they did have a reference, you know, because they casted someone as uh, 007, um, 
you know, so they, they, yeah, they bring in a female, um, to basically, um, yeah, to basically, um, come in and be known as, um, 007, um, oh, it was, uh, Nomi, that's it, Nomi was, um, so, yeah, so she was, um, and that's played by Lashana Lynch, by the way, um, so, yeah, so Nomi came in and was assigned 007. Now, can I just say that I feel like this is a hint to say that the next James Bond is going to be a female. Now, can I just say that's going to be weird because you can't have you can't have a woman be titled James Bond. You can't, you know. Yeah, you because know, this is a a manly titular role, you know. Um I've never met a woman called James you know, um, I mean, maybe there are, maybe there are women out there called James, I mean, I don't, I don't know, but, you know, for me, I do feel like, you know, that James is a manly name, you know, um, so, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, so, to be honest, I don't know if they could, I mean, they could go down that role where, you know, they could bring in, um, they could bring in a female to play James Bond, I don't really want them to, to be honest, I would much rather it be a male. Um, you know, it could be a male from an ethnic background. I mean, again, I wouldn't mind that. You know, I wouldn't mind it if it was a male from uh, an ethnic background. Um, but it's just the case of just waiting and seeing what happens with it, really, to be honest. Um, you know, I, yeah, I, I do think so. I think it's just the case of just waiting and seeing what happens. But, um, yeah, I think when James Bond does come back, it's going to be a hard reboot after the events of uh, what happened in in uh, No Time to Die. So, yeah, so it's very, very interesting um, to see uh, that, really. Um, and, I, you know, I'm not really a James Bond fan, this is the thing, but I just felt like it was just being advertised so much that I thought, you know what, I'm going to go and see it. And... I mean, the aftermath of the advertisements, um, you know, I mean, people were saying how phenomenal it was and how amazing it was. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's um, let's go and see it. Let's go and see it. Um, because I was curious to see why people were hyping it up the way they were. And I'm really glad that um, that, they, that they have um hyped it up for me even more so yeah i mean i'm really looking forward uh to see it. i mean yeah i might i might go and see the next james bond movie uh when it comes out just depends really who's the actor you know and it also depends what the trailer is like and stuff like that so yeah it really does depend but um but yeah, there we go. So that's my thoughts anyway on no, on no Time to Die. I mean, to be honest, I do recommend this movie. It is available in cinemas right now at the time of recording this podcast. So yeah, feel free to go and check it out right now. Um, the final two movies that I saw this week were Black as Night and Bingo Hell. So I'm going to start with Bingo Hell. Both of these movies were part of Welcome to the Blumhouse. Uh, they're all, all available, as I said at the start of the podcast, um, on Amazon Prime Video. Um... So, Bingo Hell, I really did enjoy. Uh, there was a lot of horror elements to it. Um, I really liked the main villain in it. He was very villainous, you know. The only downside that I've got 
And it's the same with Black as Night, to be honest, is they're very, very short. They're not an hour and 45 minutes or, you know, near on two hours. They are an hour and 20 to an hour and 25 minutes, you know. So in that retrospect, if you take away the titles, if you take away the credits, the movie itself and the story itself is very, very short. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I found that with Black as Night as well. But do I still recommend those movies, though? I do. Um, you know, I liked uh, the action. I mean, Bingo Hell weren't too bad. It was very mysterious as well in some ways. I really did enjoy Black as Night, you know, because it was more so focusing on vampires and stuff like that, you know. And, like, some of the action sequences in that and some of the horror elements in that were really, really good and really on top form as well. Um, I am really looking forward to seeing Madlez and The Manor later this week. Um, and, obviously, I'll give you my thoughts on that in next week's weekly podcast. But, um, but yeah, honestly, it does... It is, it is, honestly, those two movies in themselves are really good. And if you are into your horror, then... I definitely do recommend that you go back and give and give these movies a watch because they are honestly really really good. Um, so yeah, so there we go. Um, so yeah, as I say, um, yeah, I will have movie reviews for the final two Welcome to the Blumhouse movies on Prime Video um, later. Uh, well, in next week's weekly podcast, um, which are Madlez and uh, The Manor, the final movie that I saw. Uh, this week was on Netflix actually uh, the, the, this was the final movie that I saw uh, this week uh, on Netflix was There's Someone Inside Your House now can I just say absolutely brilliant movie really enjoyed it um, you know the deaths in that are absolutely brutal and this is why you know this is why I love this month you know because so far I have seen a few very good horror movies um, you know, and yeah, I know that, you know, as we get towards the end of the month, I'm going to be seeing even more great horror movies as well. But, you know, honestly, there's someone inside your house was absolutely amazing. You know, it really was. Um, and I do love the action sequences in that. I love the, the deaths in it because they're just so brutal and horrifying, you know. Um, they could quite easily give someone nightmares, to be honest. Um, so, yeah. And also, as well, I feel like it's got a little bit of the Texas Chainsaw ma uh, Massacre reference in it because there's a guy going around wearing someone's face as a mask, you know, uh, which has kind of got Texas Chainsaw Massacre written over it you know uh but yeah honestly again if you are a horror enthusiast like me then do check it out it's available on netflix globally right now it is an absolutely amazing movie and the deaths in it like i say brutal absolutely brutal um so yeah you know what i'm gonna do later this weekend is i'm gonna watch vhs 94 um i've heard that movie is out so i'm gonna give that a watch um and Paranormal Activity have got a brand new movie coming out um, at the end of this month on Paramount Plus in the US. I don't know where it's going to be landing in the UK, whether or not we're going to have to wait until, um, you know, we get Paramount Plus in the UK. I don't know. But, you know, 
I will at some point try and find a way of watching it. And if I can watch it online or something somehow, uh, then I will I will give it a watch and I will give you my thoughts on it um, maybe at the beginning of no- November during that weekly podcast. But um, yeah, so there is a few movie reviews coming out next week. I'll have movie reviews for VHS 94. Um, I'll also have movie reviews for... Um, for Madles and the Manor as well. So that's all coming up next week. And I'll also give you my thoughts on uh, The Muppets Haunted Mansion and Under Wraps, which both of those, by the way, are available to watch on Disney Plus right now globally. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm going to give those a watch a little bit later on today and then uh, I will give you my thoughts on that in next week's weekly podcast. Um, oh, excuse me. Uh, right, okay. Next thing I need to talk about, actually, is... Well, first of all, I'm going to talk about Squid Game, right? Because everyone, everyone is talking about Squid Game, right? Now, I watched Squid Game uh, last week. And can I just say, first of all, I do apologise, right, for my geographical mistake that I made in last week's weekly podcast. Because last week, I said it was a Chinese-Japanese show, right? That was a geographical mistake that I made. It's actually a South Korean show. Alright, so therefore, I do apologise for making that mistake, right? Um, But, I did watch Squid Game last weekend, and you know what? That show is brutal, it's horrifying in its own ways, and it's also really good at the same time you know i do feel like it does deserve a second watch it really does deserve a second watch um i mean it is good you know it is a south korean show right and it is dubbed in english but can i just say this right now this is what i hate about you know about movies or shows on netflix that are in another language but are dubbed in english you do notice this right their mouths are not matching the words, you know, that you're hearing on screen, right? Obviously, you know, so there's someone there. Obviously, there's an actor, actress talking in their own language in the movie, right? Whether it's French, Spanish, whatever, right? Obviously, you've got the English dub over that, right? And the thing is, is that actor or actress on screen stops talking before the English dub stops talking, you know, um, and I, I absolutely hate that. I really do hate it, you know. But can I just say, with Squid Game, you hardly notice it. You really do hardly notice that the actors or actresses are talking in their own language while you're hearing the, the English dub on the on Netflix. It's really, honestly, it is really, really good. If you have not yet watched Squid Game on Netflix, honestly, do it. You know, if you are, I mean, it is a bit horrifying, um, you know, but honestly, this this show is immense. It is, well, immense, it is intense as well. Um, you know, it's edge of your seat stuff. It really is edge of your seat stuff. But you know what? It is amazing. It really is amazing. And definitely do check it out. It's available to watch on Netflix right now. Um, so, yeah, I definitely do recommend that show. Can I just say as well, and I really hardly ever talk about this on my podcasts, right? But I do watch soap operas, 
right? Uh, I watch British soap operas. I mostly watch EastEnders or I watch Coronation Street, right? But I tend to watch them at the weekends, like on a Saturday or a Sunday, right? I just tend to binge watch the week's episodes on ITV Hub or BBC iPlayer. Now, you know, there is, an, I, there is a soap on ITV here in the UK called Emmerdale as well. Now, in the next couple of weeks, Coronation Street and Emmerdale are lining up what they call Super Soap Week, which is basically where those episodes go all out and they basically do some amazing and really spectacular stunts uh, within their show. Now, Emmerdale have already teased that two of their stunts that they're planning to do during during Stunt Week is stunts that have never been done before in a soap. Which is very interesting. I'm very very curious to know what those stunts are. So I might... You know what? I don't watch Emmerdale often. I really don't. You know, but you know what? This is... I've got, I've got to see this. You know, I just feel like I've got to see it. I mean, I do from time to time kind of keep up with the stories. Because there are articles that I do read every now and then online. Um, in regards to what's happened to a certain character and stuff. Um, in the show, but I don't really watch it to be honest, because um, I just don't think it's for me. But um, but Coronation Street again, they're doing Super Soap Week, and with that um, comes, well, they basically said it comes with death and destruction. Basically, um, yeah, I mean, there's characters in it where they'll be fighting for their lives. Um, you know, I mean, there's going to be a massive sinkhole that opens up, and it ends up opening up onto Coronation Street itself and characters end up falling into it. Um, you know, and then obviously you've got like this massive car crash, um, which then one character has to save either one of his twin children. I mean, that's going to be a very, really hard storyline, to be honest, um, you know, uh, to watch really. Um, but yeah, so, and then obviously there's, um, uh, uh, basically an evil drug lord basically who's been put behind bars earlier this year and his prison van actually crashes in with that car crash that I was just talking about and he manages to escape uh, the prison van and he ends up back onto Coronation Street and he plans to take revenge on a couple of characters um, so again that's going to be a very interesting watch so I'm really looking forward to Super Soap Week to the point actually I'm not going to wait until the Saturday or Sunday to watch those episodes. I might actually watch them the night that they're airing on ITV. Because, well, I mean, otherwise I'm just going to get it spoiled on social media. Um, you know, because I do follow the Coronation Street Facebook and, and Twitter page and Instagram page. So, you know, so yeah, I feel like I'm just going to get these stunts spoiled. So, you know, so really I might as well just watch them on live TV rather than play catch up that week. But uh, really I'm looking forward to it. Those episodes will be airing on ITV here in the UK uh, from the 18th of October. Um, so if you want to watch some spectacular stunts um, air on a British soap opera, then Emmerdale and Coronation Street are the places to watch uh, those stunts happening. But there we go. Um, yeah, so there we go. Uh, right, anyway, I'm going to talk about What If, and I'm going to talk about Turner and Hooch as well, because those uh, series have um, 
finished now on Disney Plus. Obviously, we had 12 weeks of Turner and Hooch, and we had nine weeks of What If. Okay, so I'm going to start with Turner and Hooch first. Can I just say that this series, I mean, it had its good moments, and it had its bad moments, you know? Um,. And I still do feel like there are still some loose ends which have that need to be addressed, that need to be wrapped nicely. You know, like, you know, there's this vet, um, or, well, dog trainer, should I say, called Erica. You know, she had a thing for Scott Turner in this series. And, you know, and he ended up in this some sort of, like, love triangle where, you know, he was in a relationship with uh, a woman called Brooke. And then, obviously, at the same time, it looked like, towards the end of the series he was having feelings for erica you know um yeah it was just one of those things and i just and it's like you know it's like will they won't they kind of things you know i mean also as well can i just say that i really am glad because um there's a character um in that show actually uh it was erica's brother now i believe his name was was it aaron um, Disney uh, Plus. Where's the plus sign? There we go. I'm just going to have a look because I cannot for the life of me remember what his name was in it. Um, uh, I kind of want a uh, TV series. Uh, you know what? It's better to look on uh, Wikipedia here. Um, recur I think he'll come under recurring. Um... No, not recurring. I think he might have been... No, no, Erica. Um, yeah, to do... No, okay, well, it's weird because he doesn't even come up. Um, I don't think. Um, Olivia Grady. No, Brooke. Uh, Trent. Uh... And the great cases? No, okay, it's not Trent. Um, no, it's not that one, Emily. Um, hold on, but who respects Scott? But initially uncomfortable. Um, James Min No, it's not James. I don't know who it is. Um, I mean, I'm going to have a look. Hang on. I mean, there is an episode. Uh, um, I mean, okay, no, there isn't really, okay, there's nothing really here, it's weird, because, uh, okay, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find the, the actor, um, you know what, I'm just gonna search Erica's brother, <laughs> Erica's brother, um, you know, so, I mean, that should surely come up. Hang on, IMDB. IMDB will tell me, because IMDB is very, very, very reliable. Uh, I believe, actually, he did appear in this one as well, actually. Um, Walter... Ah, here we go. Curtis. Why did I think his name was Aaron? I don't know. So, yeah, so this is... So, Curtis, his name was... So, okay, so the actor that plays Curtis... Now, Curtis is Erica's brother in the show, right? Um, yeah, so... And basically, he actually has Asperger's, right? Um, now, I remember when I first watched this episode, right, I saw this actor, and 
in real life, this actor actually does have Asperger's. You know, so I thought it was really, really good that, you know, Disney haven't just casted someone, you know, who doesn't have a disability to play someone who does have a disability. Yeah, I thought it was really, really good that Disney, you know, have gone, okay, well, in order for, you know, us to have someone who's autistic or Asperger's, you know, let's cast someone who has actually got Asperger's. And they did. Yeah, which is good. Um, so I really found that really, really good about that. You know, there are some really funny scenes in it. And, you know, I will admit that from time to time, this series does dip a little bit. You know, um, I feel like this series could have been better had it been a bit shorter. But, you know, obviously there was a lot of storytelling to do within 12 weeks. Um, but, you know. I do feel like there are still some loose ends that should really be tied up by now, you know, after 12 weeks. Um, you know, do we know if Scott and Erica ended up getting together in the end? You know, we don't really know that. Um, so, yeah, but apart from that, though, yeah, I really did enjoy the series. You know, as a dog lover myself, you know, it was a really good series to watch. Um, you know, I just thought it was really, really good, you know, and I thought that Hooch, Hooch is such a bad dog, you know, he really is a bad dog, um, so, but yeah, honestly, uh, do check it out though, Turner and Hooch, the TV series, is available to watch right now on Disney+, Plus. all episodes are streaming now, uh, moving over to What If, uh, Marvel Studios' What If, um, now, What If, can I just say, there was some strong episodes. As a matter of fact, I did say to my friend Hannah, who lives over in the US, she hasn't yet watched What If, and I said to her yesterday, you should give it a watch. Yeah, I said, admittedly, there are some weak episodes. There are some strong episodes. Now, the strong episodes that I found within this series was probably the Zombies one. Really enjoyed that one. Um, I also enjoyed the Doctor Strange Supreme episode as well, where he kept losing his love life, uh, his love interest, uh, Christine. I really liked that episode. I really liked episode 8 as well, which is What If Ultron won? And I liked this episode, the last episode of the series as well. Yeah, so four out of nine episodes is kind of what I enjoyed uh the most you know I mean like I say you know there were some weak episodes which I really didn't like at all to be honest you know but can I just say that you know I think the last two episodes really helped because it you know obviously all these stories that we were seeing across the space of seven weeks we're actually tying in to one big crossover story at the very end of the series, you know. And we have now met the Guardians of the Multiverse, you know, which is made up of Gamora, it's made up of Killmonger, T'Challa Star-Lord, um, and then Captain Carter or Captain Britain, um, you know, uh, and obviously Doctor Strange Supreme as well. Yeah, I really enjoyed the action sequences in that last battle scene between Alt, uh, Voltron, as he's known as in this, Voltron and the Guardians of the Multiverse. I mean, you know, admittedly, they were very, very strong, powerful action scenes. Very, very, um, uh, yeah, what's the word? Um, strobe i mean it was kind of like stro strobic scenes i guess you could say because there was a lot of flashy scenes in it i'm not gonna lie um but 
you know, apart from that, though, th those scenes were really, really good. You know, I really did enjoy them. And also as well, you know, I would I would love to see the multiverse. I mean, obviously, the multiverse is going to be explored in the future Marvel movies. Obviously, we've got Spider-Man No Way Home, which is going to introduce us or reintroduce us uh, to the multiverse. We're going to be seeing Doctor Strange uh, Multiverse of Madness next year. Um, and then I think the year after, we're going to be getting Ant-Man the Wasp Quantum Mania, uh, which, again, the, all of those movies are going to be exploring the multiverse in its rights. Um, so, you know, I would love to see, you know, the, the Watcher, uh, in a live action movie. I think we have seen him before in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, so, you know, but it'd be good to see The Watcher once again um, in live action form. Hopefully for Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness and hopefully for Ant-Man the Wasp uh, Quantumania. So, yeah, I mean, to be honest, there was some really good movie, uh, really good episodes to this series, you know. Uh, and it's also different because, you know, Ever since the beginning of this year, we've been getting live-action Marvel TV shows after live-action Marvel TV shows. Obviously, we had WandaVision, Falcon, the Winter Soldier, and Loki. This was actually an animated series. Now, people are going to probably think, oh, well, I won't bother with that because it's an animated show. It's still part of the MCU. It's still canon to the MCU. It does set up a future for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, um... And I do think that some of these things that we have seen in some of these What If episodes, we are going to be seeing in future movies. You know, I mean, Doctor Strange Supreme, I think we could end up seeing in Spider-Man No Way Home, if not Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, so it's just one of those things, really, where, yeah, you do have to watch this show to understand the multiverse you know, obviously the multiverse began with Loki, with the season finale of Loki. This series in particular has basically just gone in and explored the multiverse a little bit more and just basically gone, what if the events from Captain America and the Winter Soldier was completely different, was rewritten, basically, you know? Um, and basically... It wasn't Steve Rogers that got the super soldier serum and became Captain America. It was actually uh, Peggy Carter who got the, the super soldier serum and became Captain Carter, a.k.a. Captain Britain, you know? So, yeah, I mean, to be honest, the events from those episodes are completely different to the movies. Of course they are, because they're all alternative timelines. They're all different timelines and stuff. But it is still relevant to the MCU, um, you know, so definitely do check it out. All episodes, like I say, are streaming right now on Disney+. Plus. We are going to be getting the season two. That's already been confirmed. There was um, an episode where we did see Gamora um, obviously team up and be part of the Guardians of the Multiverse. She had this armor on her. Now, a lot of people are probably thinking, hold on, have I missed an episode? No. They were going to do an episode based on Gamora before the season finale of What If. But because of COVID, it obviously all changed. But they are still going to do that Gamora episode. But the Gamora episode is going to be in season two. 
Um, so that's when we'll see that episode, and obviously that will kind of tie in a little bit more with um, with the season one series finale, I guess. Um, but yeah, we are going to be seeing a lot more of Captain Britain, Captain Carter um, as well in season two. That's already been confirmed as well. So, so yeah, so there we go. So. That- Again, I do recommend uh, What If as well, because, you know, it is an absolutely fantastic show. Uh, Right, I'm going to move on to American Horror Stories now, because a brand new episode has aired uh, this week on Disney Plus uh, here in the UK and Ireland as part of Star. Um, Now, can I just say that this is episode five. This is probably out of the first four episodes that I've seen has probably got to be the weakest episode that I have seen. It is the weakest episode that I have seen out of out of the five that I've now watched. Um, you know, I mean, it was basically about these people who, you know, were trying for a baby, and obviously this, you know, and the the woman in the in the in the relationship obviously kept miscarrying and stuff um and she couldn't get um IVF treatment neither but she was given this like satanic doll or something um and she was told by this person if she was to stick it under her pillow and basically get intimate with her partner she would then have a baby you know i found that story just to be absolutely ridiculous to be honest um you know and Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I just didn't like it. Really did not rate this episode. So for me, this week, you know, this episode has got to be the weakest out of them all. And I know that I've got another two weeks left. There are another two more episodes for me to watch. So again, I will do another episode review of American Horror Stories in next week's weekly podcast. um, And then obviously in the following one as well. But, you know, this for me has got to be the most ridiculous and most... Yo, weakest episode for me out of them all. I mean, yeah. I I mean, I'm curious to know, actually, what other people did think of it, to be honest. I'm wondering if I can find out. Um, If I just search American Horror Stories Episode 5 Reviews, I mean, it might come up um, with some reviews. Um, uh, Yeah, this is the one. Episode 5 Review. Bow. It's called Bow. Um, I mean, yeah, after some of the worst TV episodes this year, American Horror Stories was an intrigue. Episode five was an intriguing hour of TV that showed this new format could work. I don't think it could, though. You know, there were so many layers of to the chapter of Liv and Billy played the role to perfection throughout this latest chapter. What worked off the bat... Uh, was the spooky atmosphere, the jump scares, and a story that felt worthy of the American Horror Story name. Who would have thought it after the previous four episodes? Bernadette offering up the totem at the meeting was big, largely because it was a fertility clinic. Company would surely want to monetize on every beat of Liv and Matt's journey, so it seemed like a chance encounter for Bernadette to give the totem that should secure a healthy child. This being American Horror Stories, it was obvious it was going to work, but it was tragic to watch Liv go through all of these emotions in the aftermath of the pregnancy. All she wanted in life was to become a mother, but she couldn't connect with her child and vice versa. There was something stopping them from being close. The spooky apparitions on the baby monitor were a nice touch to highlight that there was more going on than she could ever understand. Yeah, to be honest, like the baby monitor stuff, was good, you know, I like that, because obviously, you kind of saw on the baby monitor, like, this satanic figure, you know, 
I like that, and I like the fact that, you know, in the recording, you could hear this, yeah, this gravelly, gravelly noise, you know, um, almost sounded like Venom for a minute, you know, it's dinner time, ah! yeah, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it wasn't Venom, I can assure you now, Venom did not appear in American Horror Stories episode 5, okay, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I did enjoy that aspect of this, of this episode, but, other than that, I mean, to be honest, I just found the story just to be ridiculously pathetic and stupid, to be honest. I mean, yeah, I get this was a couple that was struggling with having a baby, you know, obviously, you know, uh, the woman in the relationship um, was obviously struggling to carry her child and obviously the fertility stuff weren't working either. But, you know, just to be given this ridiculous satanic doll that you put under your pillow and then, boom, you've got a healthy child. It's just ridiculous in my eyes. It's ridiculous. really is. You know. But there we go. Anyway, that's my thoughts on this week's episode of American Horror Stories. It is available to stream uh, right now on Disney Plus uh, here in the UK and Ireland and in other countries as well. Um, but, yeah, there we are. Um... Anyway, I think, to be honest, that is everything that I wanted to talk about in this week's weekly podcast. I mean, honestly, I've I've said quite a lot already. Uh, I really have said quite a lot already. Um, but, um, yeah, anyway, so thank you uh, for watching. Oh, by the way, there is one more thing uh, for watching, for listening. Um, one more thing, actually, that I need to say. Um, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons Direct is coming uh, on Friday next week. Friday, October 15th uh, at 3pm UK time, by the way. Just to let you know um, that that's going to be happening. Uh, obviously, they're going to be doing a special Direct. I don't know how long the Direct is, though. Uh, so there we go. Uh, the other thing as well that I must add, speaking of Nintendo, by the way. Today is officially Nintendo Switch OLED model release day. Yeah, that's right. There's a brand new Nintendo Switch console that has been released. It is available to buy right now at your local uh, gaming retailer or Amazon or wherever you want to purchase it. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, the screen is slightly bigger than the original Nintendo Switch console. It's got an OLED display rather than LCD display, which the Nintendo Switch... And the Nintendo Switch Lite have got on their um, on their console devices, um, and it's obviously got much enhanced audio as well. So the speakers are a little bit louder, and it's got a much more longer kickstand on the back of the handheld Switch console as well. So there we go. Uh, so I just thought I would add that in uh, to the podcast as well. That yeah, that uh, there is a brand new Nintendo Switch is available to purchase right now at your local gaming retailers. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, that's all from me. I'll be back next Friday with another weekly podcast for you where I'll be talking about VHS 94, Madles, The Manor, and whatever else has been happening in the world of news as well. All right. Um, and I will be back next week at uh, 6... I'm going to say 4 p.m. actually. 4 p.m. UK time on Spotify Music, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Uh, but until then, you can follow me on Twitter at my name is Steve-O with the O being a zero. Follow me on Twitch, Steve Crosby Official, or subscribe to me on Twitch, Steve Crosby Official, uh, where I am a Twitch affiliate on there. 
Uh, you can also give me a follow on Instagram, Official, and the Geeky Stevie is my Instagram pages for you. And feel free to subscribe to me on YouTube as well. It's Steve Official. But from me, though, it's goodbye. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you again next Friday with my next weekly podcast. <laughs>